Before we begin our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're recording on. For Cass, it's the Borogagal people, and for Haley, it's the Durawal people. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Drag Me Out Official. I'm Cass. I'm Haley. You're going to listen to us talk shit for another hour. Well done, you. So it's been a while. How was your week and a half? Nearly two weeks. Oh, it's two weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about you. Well, I quit smoking, so it's been a full week since Mm -hmm. I've had a cigarette. I listened to Alan Carr, Easy Way to Quit Smoking, I wanted to quit smoking, so not not for the right reasons. Like I wanted to quit smoking because A, it's expensive, and B, I know it's bad for me, but I wanted to keep smoking because I don't know why. Anyway, so he sort of manipulates your brain to think about it in a different way and not being like smoking's bad it's bad for your health it doesn't do it like that he sort of goes through he went from 100 cigarettes a day to nothing right so he was an ex-smoker and he smoked for i think close to 50 uh, sorry close to 30 years so up to the age of like 50 he was i think he was hitting that 50 milestone and he tried to quit multiple times and it just didn't take and so it goes but the whole book goes through the whole process and obviously at the end it's got this is the rules that you need to follow because they're not going to put that at the start because it it makes no sense why Mm. you get to this point um the best part is like chapter 21 the benefits of smoking chapter 22 like it's (laughs) (laughs) so it's quite funny like because I listened to it I didn't read it and I sort of got about halfway to about three quarters through the book and I finished my packet of smokes and that would be the time where I'd be like, yep, I'll buy another one. And I was like, you know what? No, like I'm done. It's not good for you. It's, it's so hard to get hooked on it. You, you try to hook yourself on it. It doesn't taste good. I don't know any smoker that says, Hey, it tastes fantastic. Love it. So why do we try so hard? And that's where he, he goes through, like, it, in especially a generational thing, especially your generation, when you saw people smoking on the TV, they were cool. They were rebels. They were, you know, Audrey Hepburn. She was so classy. Why wouldn't I want to smoke? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So he sort of goes, and he's like, you just got to re- recognize that you're being brainwashed and you got to, reverse that basically um so it's a really good book if you want to quit smoking i'm not preaching it you do you but if it's a horrible habit you know we're basically we've done this really healthy thing both cass and i by getting our weight under control and then we're just fucking destroying it by doing stupid shit like that and once you realize that you're a drug addict then it kind of really highlights that you know, well, I haven't done heroin, so how could it be that bad? Less people die from heroin per year. Mm. So he sort of goes through that. And it's a really great book. It's on, you know, Audible or Amazon or whatever it's on. Um, if you want to quit smoking for A, it's ridiculous. It's so bad for your health. And B, it's expensive. You're just basically paying someone to kill you. And 
read the book, don't read the book, whatever. But I tell you what, it made me change my perspective. Like there, And I'm not saying it's easy as in I haven't gone, oh, I should buy a packet of smokes because of course I have. And I will for the next couple of weeks until the nicotine exits my system mm-hmm. and I don't feed that little monster. Yeah. So, yes, that's what I've been focusing on for the last nice. two weeks. Nice. Um, and I do have something else, but I'm going to bring it into my pancreas because I think you're just going to laugh at me, but it was annoying and I'll bring it into my pancreas. So your update on your week, you obviously went to the Tasmania. We did. Van Diemen's Land. How we was did. that? We had a lovely time as we anticipated that we would. Uh, I survived the seaplane. In fact, I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, the standing on the scales beforehand, you know. A bit rude, right? Well, you know, you have to be fully clothed and I had my jacket on because it was cold. Um, I had my jacket on and I had my phone in my pocket because they're like, you need to have everything on you that you're going to take on the plane because that's how they're going to work out the way. Yeah. So, you know, ego took a bit of a crush, but it's okay. It was We've okay. have taken a much bigger crush a year ago. I wouldn't have been able to go on the plane a year ago. Yeah. So. So. Positives, it was not a, negatives. Yeah. And it was, it was just so much fun. And then he was like, so he was introducing us to the plane and he's like, this is a de Havilland beaver from like 1960, blah, blah. And I went, ah. How old? <laughs> um, the plane is 55 years old. Anyway. It's regularly maintained. I went, I'm not saying it's not regularly maintained. I'm just saying the plane's 55 years old. <laughs> it's a, the plane lit. <laughs> okay. So I had several uh, things that were awesome about this. The flight itself, all of that other stuff was great. However, this time a year ago, even if I could have got on the plane, physically I wouldn't have been able to. Because it, then it's not easy to get on, right? So you've got to step onto, you step off the dock onto the flotation part mm-hmm. and then you've got to stand up, you've got to walk up this little staircase where the, um, the, the steps are like maybe five centimetres wide, like wide, not lengthways wide. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to get up a couple of those. There's no handle. So Cass is grabbing onto the seat to get herself up onto the plane, but hoiked myself up, no worries at all, sat on the plane. And then I went like this, I went, God, if it's a plane from the 60s, like what kind of seatbelt are they going to have? Am I, is this where I'm going to have to ask for the extension? Because I haven't had to ask for one for a long time. Yeah. And I got on and I said to my wife, I went, this should be interesting. And I grabbed the seatbelts and just clicked them right into place and actually had to adjust. Because, and I tell you why, because if you think about it, all the planes that we are in now are getting smaller. Everything is getting smaller to fit more people on. So mm-hmm. it would make sense that everything was bigger then. Um, yeah. But yeah, go on. Yeah. But it was so much fun. So much fun. Um, so I'll just give you a brief overview of what happened the day we left for Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything was great. We drove to the car park where we parked the car. 
we got the shuttle. Now, I'm going to sound really bougie when I say this, but, and as you know, we went business class. With who? Right? Virgin Australia. Right, yep. Virgin. Okay. Go on. So it wasn't, it, it wasn't their fault. I'm just going to say it right now. In fact, Virgin were great the whole time. So when you go to business class, you get to go in the priority line, right? Mm-hmm. So it was quite busy. It was a Saturday morning and um, <clears throat> where the peasants were lining up to come in, <laughs> it was quite crowded, but not out the door crowded. It was just crowded. And so the priority line was two people and the lineup would have been equivalent to the peasant line, right? Okay. The priority. Now, the reason why this happened was because there was a band flying to wherever and they had their guitars and all of this other stuff that they had to check in. And there were five of them and they took forever. So what? instead of going to the oversized part, doing all of that, then checking themselves into priority, they did it all from priority, Mm. right? There were seven guitars, seven guitar cases alone. And then there was the drum kit and then there was like, it it was all of it. And so the poor old love who was on the other side, basically doing everybody else, what was happening was people don't, you know, you've got to identify yourself when you go to the check-in counter, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to identify yourself. Why isn't it ready? There are about six people in front of us and every single one of them had to reef around in their bag or in their pocket or whatever it was for their ID. I'm sitting there, I'm standing there with my driver's license in my hand. It's all on your phone now, which they take. So, right. So that took a while. That was fine. That's not Virgin's fault. It was the shitty band who's, I think the band was like Tommy's unicorn. (laughs) Like it wasn't even an anybody band. And so we were, and I was getting ticked off because they were taking away my time in the business class lounge. Yeah, rude. Mm-hmm. So it actually, exactly. It, it took us 25 minutes to, for us to check in, from us getting to the line to us checking in, it took 25 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So we get to the business class lounge and it's breakfast time. That's fine. They've got the stupid pancake maker that takes, you know, 12 weeks for a pancake to come out. They had the toaster that takes, you know, 24 days for the toast to go through. And then you've got to put it through again because they mm-hmm. never cook it enough. Like a hotel, like a, like what we had. Like a hotel in buffet. Melbourne, yeah. But like yeah. less shit. And, <laughs> and, and alcohol that you don't have to pay for. Right. So they had bacon, which was fine, but they didn't have any kind of eggs. Nothing. That's weird. No. Yeah. So I couldn't really have anything there. I, I made an attempt with a bacon toasted sandwich thing. And I just, anyway, that was fine. Like you don't go, you don't go flying for the business class lounge. It's just nice to have. So <clears throat> my wife, my, my wife went to the bathroom while we we're eating breakfast and she came back. She says, the bathrooms are really lovely. So if you want to go, go to the business <laughs> class bathroom first. So you don't have to go to the one just near the terminal. And I went, okay. So I walk into the bathroom in the business class lounge. Mm -hmm. As I'm walking in, old love in a 60s, 
mm-hmm. daughter, 30s, 40s, both of them stopped me. You know, this is the women's toilet. I would love someone uh, to do that when I was with you. I would love and it. And I just, I just went, did my usual, my, my vagina thanks you. And I went in and I sat down on the lounge and I'm not going to lie, a little tear came down because I was sat like. Sat down on I, the lounge in the bathroom. No, no, sorry. I sat down in the toilet in the bathroom. Oh, okay, and, right. <laughs> um, I think there actually was a lounge in there. I can't remember. Um, a little tear came down and I was just like, okay, this is how this is going to be. All right. So finished my business, washed my hands with my head down because there was somebody else who was in the bathroom as well. They came out of the stall the same time I did. I washed my hand. I walked out and my wife goes, okay, you ready to go? And she just looked and she says, what's wrong? And went, let's just go. And I just kept my head down. And as we were going down the escalator to go down into the terminal, she it, it clicked and she went again. And I went, mm-hmm. and she went, who? And I said, the two women that walked out as I was walking in and she went, let's go fucking find them. And I'm like, let's just go to the terminal. Okay. <laughs> let's just go to the gate. And so <laughs> the flight was late. And that was fine because flights get delayed and it wasn't overly delayed. It was like 15, 20 minutes and we made up some time in the sky. And then we get to the beautiful Hobart and we get to Hobart airport and we stand in the car rental place to check in. And there's a couple of people in front of us and I hear this. There's going to be a little bit of a delay on the cars because um, four people have returned the cars and they're damaged and we need to inspect them first. And there are no cars in the medium class category here. So Catherine, all right. She'll know what to hear when she gets, gets to the line. And so we were like, no problem. We'll duck out, have a cigarette. And he goes, I'll ring you from a private number just to let you know it's us. It's a private number. And I went, yep, sure. No worries. So we went out there, had a cigarette. We were sitting out there talking. I did a little video that I actually put up onto Insta. Yes, I saw. And then 45 minutes later, (laughs) have another cigarette, no phone call. So I said to the missus, because it was a bit chilly, I said, let's go inside. And the missus goes, yeah, I want to grab something quick to eat. And we're in holiday mode, so I really didn't care. And I brushed off what had happened at Sydney Airport. And I was just like, we're in Tasmania now. We've been hanging to come out here again. Like, let's just enjoy. And so we're sitting there and there's a bench out front of the, the bathrooms. It's not another bathroom, sorry. <laughs> there's a bench and we're sitting there. And then you hear this woman going absolutely ballistic at the um, car rental place. And she's going off. And I turned around to my wife and I said to her, I said, they can't help it that people who have been renting the cars damage the cars. They can't help it. They can't send us off in a car because legally they can't do it because then they can possibly blame us. You know what Correct. I mean? And so the, the wife walked up and as she walked up, she hears the guy say to this bitch who's really going off at them, and, and my wife was just like, can we just have some kind of an idea? Because we're thinking of ducking out for another cigarette. Mm-hmm. And she hears this from the car rental guy. Uh, we tried to call you, but um, 
you weren't answering, so we gave your car to somebody. Because <laughs> there were like six of us waiting. Now, please keep in mind, when I booked this rental car, I booked it six months ago. Mm-hmm. So if anybody, anybody should have been first in line, it was should have been me. And so I'm just like, we'll, we'll just wait. It's okay. Because we'd landed almost on time, we'd landed about 10, 15 minutes late. We still had to wait until two o'clock for the check-in. And by this time, it was approaching 10 past, quarter past one. And it's like a 20-minute drive into Hobart. So I walked up there and I said, look, do I still have enough time for a cigarette? And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, just no, like the private number, it'll be me. Went, okay. So, we, and I said to him, I said, and he was apologized. And he said, mate, don't apologize. I know it's not your fault. It's not your fault that people treat car, rental cars like men treat hookers. You, you get in there, you bash it up, you send it home, you know? And he was like, thank you for being so understanding. I said, Look, it's fine. So we're outside, we're having a cigarette and God bless him. He walks out. And he's got keys in his hand and he says to us, and the whole time my wife was standing outside having a cigarette. My wife says to me, what you should have been saying to him when he was apologizing was, I can see your lips moving and what I'm hearing is free upgrade. <laughs> right. And I went, no, because whatever. So he turns up with the keys and he says, I'm so sorry about the wait. And went, yep, that, look, it's seriously not a problem. It just means that we don't have to like try and waste time until we can check into the hotel. And he said, because you've been so wonderful, you don't have to bring the car back full. We're going to take care of the petrol. Oh, nice. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Because he said, and that's anywhere between like 50 to 100 bucks in value. Mm. And I went, that's that's fantastic. Thanks. All right. So that's how Tasmania started. (laughs) (laughs) Bathroom Karens. Mm -hmm. Car Karens. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we got to Hotel Karen. Oh, God, here we go. This is the best story. All right. So we get there and it's way past two. It's half past two, whatever it is. So we get there. Karen's standing at the counter. Cass walks in, sees she's going off. There's a lovely bench that you can sit on. So I sat there, plumped myself down, sat there, and I was just had the hand up on my chin, just listening intently to what was going on. Poor old mate sitting behind the counter. Now, Karen's got a husband. Now, Karen's husband and is in the foyer as well, but he's off near the elevators, not saying a word, the gutless brick. <laughs> so, and son is with them. Son is old enough not only to afford his own room, but possibly a room for his wife and kids. That's how old son is, okay? <laughs> so she's going off and she says, we've been here several times and I rang twice. And we wanted specifically room 23 and you gave us room 25. Room 23 has a queen bed and we get a roll away and there's more room and it's claustrophobic in 25 because it's got a king bed and the roll away and you can't move around and all of this other stuff. And she's going on and on and on. And she goes, and I rang twice and he's on the, he's on the computer going, I don't see the request. Okay. So he says, okay, so you wanted a queen bed with a rollaway. And she goes, well, obviously, and, and then she said to him something along the lines of, how did you know that I wanted a queen bed and a rollaway if you can't see the request on there? And I, I went like this, because you just told him. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he's trying to sort everything out and he says this, right? Mind you, Karen's husband, still at the elevator, still hasn't come over. Gutless fucking prick the guy <laughs> is. The guy's at reception says to her this. Room 24 
right next door is the exact replica of room 23, the queen bed. We can put the rollaway bed in there. We're not going to charge you for the rollaway bed, right? Because they'd obviously stayed one or two nights. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I want room 23. And he goes, well, room 23 is actually occupied. They've been in there for three nights. They're there for another seven nights. So we're not going to displace them. And she's carrying on and he, uh, he goes, room 24 is an exact replica. Queen bed, rollaway bed. As I said, we're not going to charge it. By this time, Cass has got the hand like firmly placed on the chin, just watching this whole thing going, this is fantastic. And he goes, the, he said, so room 24 has not been checked into yet. They're due today, but it hasn't been checked into yet. And she goes, well, we'll take room 24. And she, I don't know what possessed her, but she turns around and she says to me, she goes, well, if, like, are you, do you need anything in particular? And I said, yeah, I'm just about to check in. And she looked at me and I said to the guy, if it's room 24, I'm going to piss myself laughing. <laughs> right. And I'm looking at her while I'm saying it. And he just looked at me and he had this mortified look on his face. And I went, what? And he goes, it's room 24. And I went, what? <laughs> and he goes, you're checking into room 24. <laughs> and I looked at him and I went, I'm going to make your job a lot easier. And he goes, what's that? And I said, is there another room that's available? that possibly isn't going to be checked into tonight that you can kind of switch around and you can clean room 23 and uh, room 25 and all of that other stuff. And he goes, yeah, there is. He said room five. And I went, no worries. Put me in room five. I said, put her in room 24, put me in room, put us in room five, but don't put me in room 23 because I don't want anything to do with wherever her dirty ass has been. (laughs) Right. I say this in front of the woman, right. Gutless prick husband still has not piped up yet. <laughs> and I'm insulting his wife <laughs> at the place. I think he was secretly hoping that she would get a room on her own. <laughs> <laughs> and him and the son can bond while they're watching the World Cup or something like that on the TV. It was just the funniest thing. But when he- and I was just like, this is the most phenomenal thing ever. I, just, I can't believe it. And so we get everything all sorted out. We, we go. We had a very lovely, after that, we had a very, very lovely time until, and I told you the story on the phone, yeah. and I'm going to tell everybody this because I got no shame and it's a fucking great story, like, because I'm over it now. So <clears throat> there's an Indian restaurant right near the place, near the hotel, and I keep saying to my wife, next time we go back, I want to try the Indian place. So we did. And I went safe. <laughs> I went safe with butter chicken. White right. people Indian, yes. White people Indian, but I, I I didn't do spicy before, and especially with this stomach now, I can't do anything overly spicy. But I, I don't really do spicy. Some yeah, right. So I just wanted some butter chicken and some jasmine rice, and that was fine. And it was actually quite nice. I'm not gonna lie. So we were going the next day to Launceston for an overnight, and um, so my stomach wouldn't had, wasn't feeling very good in the morning. And I'd been to the bathroom a couple of times and the stomach was churning a little bit. And I said to my wife, I said, my stomach's not churning, but we should be all right. And she goes, okay. So we set off for our journey to Launceston and we get about 65, 70 clicks out of um, Hobart. So we're almost halfway to Launceston. So as we're going, I kind of went, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. I'll pull up at the next service station, go to the bathroom, everything will be fine. And it's another 15 Ks down the road. And it's fine because when you're doing 110, 15 Ks is like, it's not even 15 minutes. It's like maybe nine minutes. So I was like, okay, no worries. So we pull up to this service station in Baghdad. 
It's the name of the town. I'm not Baghdad. Yeah. We're not we're right? not going into that. Yep, go on. B A G D A D, right? And it's this really shitty looking petrol station. And I get up out of the car and I said to my wife, I said, Oh, gee, I hope I can get to the bathroom quick enough because it was really starting to swell. And um she goes, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I went, okay. So I get up out of the car and I kind of do the clench butt cheat walk. <laughs> and as I walk in, old mate standing behind the counter and I say to him, where's your bathroom? And as he goes to answer me, I can feel it's happening. And I went, shit, but I can get there in time. Everything will still be good, right? Turtle heads popping out. And I said to him, and he goes, oh, the, uh, the it's under, I said, I don't care if it's under construction. I do do you have a bathroom? And he goes, yeah, it's just over there. And I went, okay. So as I turn around to leave, bang, it happens. I can't stop it. It starts coming out. And I'm like, fuck. So I run, <laughs> trying as best as I can to hold in what I can. I walk in this place. There was no construction happening by the way, <laughs> it looked like it hadn't been cleaned in about 35 years. I walk in. I don't even get a chance to lock the door. As I go to turn around to sit on the toilet, A, more stuff comes out. B, I notice there's no toilet paper. <sighs> right? So I've made, a, I've made a little bit of a mess. Right? I'm not feeling very good about myself. I know it's the butter chicken. I knew exactly what it was. And so I realized I left my phone in the car with my wife I can't get up there's no toilet paper there's no nothing and I'm like how am I going to get her attention I can't just sit here for 20 minutes and her eventually go is everything okay knocking on the door (laughs) (laughs) I realize I've got my car keys in my pocket so I start playing with the button to unlock and lock the door right so all the missus can hear in the car is click 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 so she finally realizes something's not right so she gets out and she comes in and she knocks on the door. She says, is everything okay? And as she knocks on the door, the door opens. <laughs> so she's, and I'm there, right? <laughs> By this time, the jeans are off. The underwear is off. I've got my boots and my, my socks on. I'm sitting there, T-shirt, boots and socks, right? I only took one pair of jeans because we were only doing an overnighter. And I said to her, and I'm, I'm in tears because I was just like, I was mortified, disgusted, all of the whole nine yards. And you can keep this in. You can keep this story. <laughs> right? And so she says, it's okay, baby. It's all right. And I said, there's no toilet paper. Like, <laughs> I actually kind of thought to myself, if there was toilet paper here, I would have cleaned myself up and I would have walked out with no pants on and said to her, I need to get stuff out of the bag. So she comes, so she brings my, the, the bag that we packed for Launceston. She brings that in and I said, I need toilet paper. So she goes into the servo. He made her pay for the toilet paper. Oh, my God. Right? She had to buy a four-pack of toilet paper. So she does that. I clean myself up and I'm like, fuck yes. I literally shit myself in Baghdad. (laughs) (laughs) Baghdad. So... There's like, so she's grabbing plastic bags and like sealed up bags and things that we we just happen to take with us when we go for car trips anyway. So she's rolled the jeans up in those, put those in there because there wasn't a lot of damage to the jeans. But the mm-hmm. underwear, I literally threw in the sink and then started cleaning them out. And I'm like, I could either throw these out or keep them. 
And so she says to me, she goes, we're going to go back to Hobart. The hotel's got a washing machine and dryer. And so she says, we're going to go back to, and I said, no, 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 we can go to Launceston. The only, she, she says, we can find a laundromat in Launceston, clean everything up, everything will be fine. And I went, okay. So the only thing that I've got to wear is the short shorts that I wear to bed, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I've got those on with my knee-high Adidas socks that are all scrunched down and my boots <laughs> walking out of the toilet in Baghdad looking like a fucking numpty. <laughs> so I said to her, I said, okay, let's go. The stomach's still a little bit, uh, but I think, I, I think the damage is done. Like it's done. So we take off for Launceston and we drive past another service station about 30 Ks up the road. And she keeps saying to me, if you're not feeling very well, we'll go back to Hobart. And I'm like, we're halfway now, halfway. It doesn't matter which way we go now. Mm. And then I'm like, but I don't know where the next service station is. And the stomach started to rumble again. And I'm like, fuck. So I ended up doing this U-turn. I didn't see the semi-trailer hurtling at 110 Ks an hour, right? I do a U-turn in front of this fucking truck. It's a single lane road for 110. So my foot went straight on the accelerator. So we finally get back to the Ampole service station that's there. We go around the back. I make it into the toilet. Everything's all good. I clean myself up. I wash my hands. I do everything. I go outside and I say to her, we're going to have to go home, back to Hobart. And she went, I've got no problem with that. It's look, if we lose the money, we lose the money. And I went, we're going to lose the money. And I said, but what I'll do is I'll cancel it on the, the app. And she went, okay. And so I get the app out and I start to cancel it. And I looked at the date and we weren't due to go to Launceston until the next day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can go on to pancreas bursting. Well, I had a choice of three things. <clears throat> But I've just told you two of them, which was Karen at the airport and yep. Karen at the hotel. We just hate Karens. Today, this happened today. So, of course, we've come back from our time away. We, we need to buy groceries. I buy online from the same place that I buy every week. So we've Woolies. had, yeah, Woolies. Yeah. So we've had literally over 100 deliveries. I get a phone call from Woolworths. And they say, oh, the delivery driver wants to get in contact with you. And I said, yep, sure, no worries. Now, you know, I live on a busy road, but there are side streets where you can park mm -hmm. and nothing's a problem. He says to me, he says, I can't find any place to park and I'm here to deliver your groceries. And he said, and I'm in the name of the street. And I said, okay, that's not a problem. Like, where are you? And he said, I'm parked out front of and named the shop. And I went, you can park out there it's fine and he goes no 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 and I said to him I said so what happens now because I've actually paid for it to be delivered to my door and he there was dead silence and I said are you telling me that I'm going to have to go down to the truck and pick up the groceries that I paid to be delivered to my door and he went yeah and so I wasn't in a very happy mood at all so I get downstairs and he's standing on the corner and I said to him I said so you're out of the truck. And he went, yeah. And I said, so where did you park the truck? And he went, oh, I, where, I, where I parked when I was talking to you on the phone. And I said, so where are the groceries? And he went, in the truck. 
And I went, what? And then you told me I had to come down and get them and you didn't even have the courtesy of getting them out of the truck. So wait, you have to get them out of the truck? I feel that that's not correct. Wait for for it, wait for it. So he starts arguing with me, right? And I said to him, I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm seriously done. Get my shit out of the truck now. And he's just looking at me and I said to him, I said, okay, I'm going to say this to you. I said, I shouldn't have to tell you my medical history, but I'm going to. And he goes, fine. And I said to him, I said, I actually have a bad shoulder and you know, I've got a bad shoulder. Mm. I said to him, I said, and it's got a big thing of um, water in it. And, you know, we get quite a few bottles of like orange juice and milk and, and all of that other stuff. So these bags are not light and they put them in the, the crate. What do you call it? The crate and put them onto a hand truck, a hand trolley. Yeah. So we don't have to lift anything. And then they drop it at the door and then we can take it in our leisure. So he's arguing with me and I said to him, get him out of the truck, get my stuff out of the truck. I've paid for it. It's my stuff. I've paid for the delivery, which you have failed spectacularly on, but get my stuff out of the truck. You couldn't even give me the courtesy of doing that. Like just get my stuff out of the truck. And he kept saying no. And I went, am I to understand that you're holding my food hostage? (laughs) This seems weird. What's his argument? (laughs) I'm so confused. And he says to me, and then the missus comes out and I'm yelling in the middle of the street at this guy to get my shit out. She's trying to calm me down at the same time as trying to figure out what's going on. Cause she's like, I come around the corner, you're yelling at the guy. And I say, yeah, but you didn't see what happened before. Then we both point out there's an empty space across the street. It's a side street. It's across Mm -hmm. the street. He starts going on about how he can't park. And I said, no, you can park there. You can park there for at least two hours for free. And so I said to him, I said, just get the stuff out of the truck. And I had to, I ended up having to yell at the guy. So he gets the stuff out. Now, here's the best part. He gets the stuff out, puts it onto the hand truck. I said to him, I said, move out of the way. I'm getting the stuff out. And he goes, no, 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 no. I can take it up to your apartment. And I went, what? You couldn't take it up 10 minutes ago. <laughs> what changed? I think my attitude changed. The, the way that I was making him realise he was an idiot and was really bad at his job and then made him feel like shit by going, like, I, I said to him, I said, I've got a bad shoulder and a bad back, but I shouldn't have to tell you my medical history. The whole point of us paying for this is for it to be delivered to the door. I don't even care if you deliver it to the outside door. Just deliver it to a door. Yeah. So he's just standing. And so I'm taking, and I go to pick the water up and he goes, oh, no, 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 no. I went, fuck off. Don't come near my stuff and don't come near me. And I reefed the thing out and fucked my shoulder up again. Right. And so what happened was, so I take that out and I've got the green thing and I literally picked it up and just chucked it on the ground, the green crate. And then I go in for more and more and more and the rest of my staff. And then, (laughs) so my act of defiance. And I know I'm going to sound like an asshole, but I actually believe that I'm in the right about all of this because like he was holding my food hostage and he wasn't doing his job. And so there were like four of these green crates. And as I'm taking the bags out, my poor, my poor wife is like trying to grab bags and and take them. And I'm trying to grab stuff as well. And all four of them are on the ground and I kicked every single one of them. (laughs) So he had to go and get them. (laughs) <laughs> you're a dick <laughs> but, but i was just like 
what do you do? And he's, he's still trying to argue with me. And I said, you don't get paid to argue with me. You get paid to deliver my stuff and you couldn't even do that. I'm super confused as to what his argument was. Mm-hmm. Like it just didn't make him, sense. But I said to him, I said, we have had close to 100 deliveries from you people here and you're the first one who has ever rung. And what makes it even worse is it's not the only side street. There's a yeah. side street on the other side. There's an a, there's a laneway behind my apartment block and there's another street behind. We were walking like 50 metres with like fully loaded shopping bags. My wife ended up grabbing the water because she could see I was struggling. Mm. Um, she ended up grabbing the water. I'm still seething behind the whole thing. This guy totally fucked. Now, I had, <clears throat> I had the opportunity to take the high road or take the low road. Now, pre-holiday cast would have taken the low road, guaranteed, right, mm-hmm. which would have been, I would have gone online and said a whole bunch of stuff was missing so I could get a refund. Yeah, yeah. No. This time I got in contact with an operator online so they didn't have to hear the anger in my voice and I said, this is my experience. This is what's going on. And they said, thank you so much for the feedback and didn't even offer to give me my $15 delivery feedback. Didn't offer? No. Oh. But nothing. Oh. So what burst my pancreas this week was fucking old mate who was getting, who who got paid for me to do his job. Because he opened the truck, when he eventually opened the back of the truck, I had to grab the crates because he wasn't doing it. This is so confusing as to what he's refusing. It was very confusing. It's like he was mm-hmm. mad he couldn't find a parking space, but then when he but did. He found it, but he, yeah, but he was already in a parking space. Technically, it wasn't parking. The truck was halfway in a no, uh, no parking, halfway in a parking. All right? That's not, that's not the point. The point was that directly across the street, 10 metres across the road, and it's not a busy side street, was a parking space. And then refusing an elderly couple to help them with their groceries. Like <laughs> just <laughs> He was refusing but to I'm... open the door. But imagine if there was like a, you know, it was, you know, 70 or 80 year olds trying to just right? get their groceries for the week and this asshole's holding their groceries hostage. Like mm-hmm. not okay. Also Woolies, not okay to, you need to offer a refund. Inflation, my friend. Woolies driver. I won't, I won't name you. But, dude, don't hold my shit hostage. Yeah, Kevin. He sounds like a yeah. Kevin. All right. So. What about you? What oh, about you? What about okay. your pancreas? So we're going to set the scene. Scene is being set. 3.30 in the morning, traveling to work because, you know, shift work, Yucky life. Yeah. And I know the speeds from home to work. It's a 50 minute drive. I know every fucking speed on the way. Mm-hmm. I usually set my cruise control because that means I don't really have to pay attention. Just set my cruise control, 80, 110, 60, whatever it is. Come off a particular road from 60 to a 50. I then proceed to hit reset 
on my cruise control, which reset takes it back to the last speed that you had it set at, which was 60. I was also then going down a hill. So I may have hit 65. Uh Now, this fucker come up behind me and flash these fucking lights. It's 3.30 in the fucking morning. So he pulls me over. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm like, do I take that I'm going to be a fucking asshole route or do I just cop it on the chin, be nice, hopefully they let me off. So he's like, comes up, he's like, I'm constable, blah, 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 blah. I have a bodysuit, blah, 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 on my camera. I'm like, okay, whatever, sir. And then he's like, do you know how fast you were going? I'm like, honestly, no. Like, look, I just set my set my speed control. And he's like, do you know how fast this road is? I said 50. I knew the speeds. I know the speed. I can name the speeds every fucking speed from here to there. He's like, oh, you know, you live such and such. That's a, that's a, that's a way to drive. I'm like, I know I do it every fucking morning. And then, so he got me doing 68. No, sorry, 65 in a 50 zone. And then he went back to his car. He's like, let me just check. Let me let me just check my, my files. I'm like, okay, you, you go do that. Comes back and he's like, look, I got you doing for under 10. And then what pissed me off is he goes, you know, it's a bit busy on the streets and there's a lot of people coming out of driveways. I'm like, it's 3.30 in the fucking morning. The only car that I've seen is you, you fucking yeah. idiot. I'm like, I'm sorry, but at 65, I'm such a speed demon. Yeah, right. Hooning around on the streets in my little fucking barina. Watch me go. <laughs> yeah. Like, and this is what annoyed me. I'm like, don't you have something better to do than pull me over? Just pull me over and go, look, you're going a bit too fast. I know it's 3.30 in the morning, but, you know, you're just going a bit too fast. I would have been like, thank you, officer. I apologize. Yeah. I didn't realize. And let me breath test you and going away. Yeah. And let me go yeah. on my way. I would have appreciated that. But no, he got me for under 10. But then the clincher, I got home and my license renewal came in the mail. And I was like, I'm going to have a look, see how much it's going to cost me. Got my 50%, didn't I? Because I hadn't had yes. one for five years. Yeah. Another five years at 50%. So fuck you, police constable, whatever the fuck your name is. Could have just given me a warning. But that means that he looked at his thing and went, oh, she hasn't had a speeding fine for over five years. I'm going to, I'm going to get her. Yeah. Fucking highway patrol. I don't condone speeding. That's not, I just made a mistake. And then also I think I put my foot on the accelerator a little bit because his lights were shining in my mirrors. That's how close Mm. he was. It's 3.30 in the morning. Do I want someone tailgating me? No, I do not. No. So it was like $120 fine or something like that. One point. Could have been three points and like 300 or something. So whatever. My bad. I contributed to revenue raising, even though I had a whinge about this. My karma for last week, having a whinge about those fuckers. <laughs> but, you know, shit happens. I went to, I was filthy when I got to work. I was so filthy. Everyone in the meal room knew, like, knew what had happened because I just let it go. I was like, filthy fuck pigs. They smelt the donuts in my car. I was going absolutely <laughs> nuts. I got a, I, I have little rants in my head about it, about what I should have said to him, but he would have given me the, you know, 15 and over or whatever it was. So anyway, listen, constable, whatever your name was, I could have done with a warning. My bad. Constable. 
yeah fuck you as well <laughs> go catch some real criminals not fucking holding barinas at 3 30 in the morning hooning around at 65 k's an hour i love it when they go do you know how fast you were going and you're like well obviously fast enough for you to stop me yeah anyway that's my Maybe. pancreas yeah. <laughs> look i'll still call the police if i'm in trouble but other than that you fuck yourself yeah sometimes. at 3 30 in the morning you think that they you're right they they would have better things to do like stop domestic violence I remember I got pulled over once and I was in a residential zone and it was 50 and I was doing 68. And, but what had happened was I'd gone over a speed hump and this car came out of the driveway and was getting a bit close to me. So I put my foot down and as I was doing it, there was a car on the side of the road and it was a cop car and they pulled me over. And he says to me, he goes, you were doing such and such. And I went, uh-huh. Like just hit me with it. And he goes, lucky for you. And I went, lucky for me. And he goes, lucky for you. We're actually kind of striking by not actually handing out fines today. I mean, what? And he goes, no fine, no loss of demerits. That's see, that seems unsafe. <laughs> like I feel it was that, their industrial action. Yeah, that just seems a little unsafe to me. Like they, you know, someone murders someone. He's like, lucky for you. Oh, today, see, it's, it's, it wasn't considered like a class one felony. What? Although you just murdered someone, lucky for you today, we're today. actually giving discounts on murder. So you get so yeah, five years instead of 25. <laughs> yeah, manslaughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lucky. All right. So I forget what I made you watch. What did I make you watch again? Rampage. <gasps> oh, yeah. Great movie. Okay. Go on. Give it. Dwayne Johnson to being a primatologist yep. is to Will Smith being a scientist. <laughs> totally unbelievable. And they both just happen to have military backgrounds. Of course they do. Look at them. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so it starts out on a space station or a spaceship or something. And some bird, there's a fire in the ship and a mutant rat. rat's chasing her and the thing explodes and debris falls to earth. Yeah? Yeah. And then so Dwayne Johnson happens to be a primatologist. He's got a, an albino silverback gorilla. Don't you dare say anything bad about George. I'm not saying anything bad He's about the best George. best actor going, in that movie. 100% agree. <laughs> 100% agree. Oh, you they forgot community- the, the, the nuclear, whatever they were testing, the debris fell into, in, into the, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The debris falls. Dwayne Johnson has a relationship with this um, uh, gorilla named George through sign language. And so this crap falls to earth. George touches it, eats it, tries it. Absorbs it, I don't know. Absorbs it, it I can't even remember now. They go in and there's an animal dead. Can't remember what it was dead though. And so Dwayne Johnson finds um, the George hiding in a cave and like he's like, did you do that? 
oh, are you scared? Are you crying? What's going on and stuff? And George walks out of the cage, a cave and then they notice he's considerably larger. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was like, oh, okay, he did take the stuff. So then there's these, I can't even really give this a great review because I just kind of switched off. <laughs> it's just kind of like I, I was staring at the screen. You know when you kind of stare through a screen? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. I was kind of doing that. There's a, a brother and sister combo or who are bad scientists and they are trying to mutant animals or something um, and they end up in the windy sh- city of Chicago and the George is... <sighs> Everybody lives happily ever after. Who isn't a bad guy? I didn't like it. <laughs> I loved it. I love it. It's my favorite. You movie. anticipated me not liking it. Oh yeah, of course. And you were correct. And I really did switch off, as in mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this though: the visual effects were actually very good. Now, if you had have sold this to, if, if they had have sold this to the public as The Rock versus King Kong, mm-hmm. I would have been like, that'd be interesting. <laughs> All right. Dwayne Johnson takes on King Kong. Let's do it. No. Dwayne's having this. And then there's like, I didn't enjoy it. Okay, what's your rating though? For CGI, I'm I'm going to give it one toast. One toast, okay. I thought I'm going to give it one toast. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm going to give it. uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson's credibility as an actor. I don't credit him very much. I do enjoy some of his movies, though. Not because of his acting, because some of his movies are actually good, and I actually do find he's he he can be quite funny. And don't get me wrong, I've seen the interviews with him and every, and he is a sweetheart. I get that. But I put him in the same category as Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting. Yeah. But I enjoy Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. So I don't know what that says about me. Don't try and get these people to be scientists. I mean, they made Arnold Schwarzenegger a scientist in junior. For, you can't do that. Like, just... Stop trying to actually give them vocations. So you gave me The Adventures of Babysitting, 1987. Yep. Directed by Christopher Columbus, which I was actually surprised about. Yeah. Uh, Great soundtrack. That was Mm -hmm. my first, that was my first note. So basically boyfriend stands her up and... Uh, her name's Chris, yeah. Boyfriend stands her up and she goes and babysits. You know, it's a classic older brother has a crush on the babysitter. And then her friend calls in distress, who's like in a in a bus, bus station trying to escape. And there's all these weird people around her. So anyway, she's like, ah, come help me. So they're like, okay, let's, I'm going to go. I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring the, the kids, kids in the car and I'm going to come to you. They blow a tire on the way and she has no spare and she has no purse. Truck driver stops. He has a hook for her hand, offers to take them to get a tire, even though he seems a bit creepy, but he's not all at the same time. It's weird. Anyway, so then he gets a phone call and 
they tell him his wife is cheating on him. And so he goes to the house and starts shooting. <laughs> it's America. 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 So just shooting everywhere. And then they jump in the car in a stranger's car. I think the guy that was cheating on with the wife, they jump in that car. And there was already a guy in there who was an African-American trying to steal the car. Very stereotypical, very... Uh, I notice in a lot of these 80s movies, black guy's bad. That irritates me a little bit. But yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. So then the car thief takes them to this chop shop and the big bosses trap them in the office and they escape. And then the friend steals the Playboy. The Playboy is very relevant in this story, um, which has all the notes to bring down the whole criminal empire. Apparently that's where they keep their uh, accounting. Uh, they end up in a blues bar and then won't let them leave until they sing the blues. Uh, it's an African-American bar as well. So they're all white besides the, all the, mm-hmm. the babysitters and the kids are white. And it's uh, so hard babysitting these guys. Yeah, I it's a great song. Babysitting blues. <laughs> yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> and they get chased down onto a train and run into gangs like I said before, it's very much minorities bad, white people good. There's Spanish minorities on the train fighting, or Puerto Rican or Dominican, one of the two. Um, Brad gets a cut on his foot and they take him to the hospital and they find the tow truck driver who tells them where the car is. They end up at a Kappa College party. Chris gets mistaken for the Playboy centerfold. Playboy again. She meets a cute guy and they end up slow dancing like all the 80s movies fall in love at first sight. And then he lends them money to pay for the tire and drives them back to the garage. They spot Mike's car at a restaurant. That's the the uh, boyfriend that stood boyfriend. her up at the start. And he was supposed to take her to that restaurant. So she goes in and sees him with another woman. <gasps> Shock. Uh, she goes to confront him. And it wasn't as impressive as I thought it was going to be. Like Brad ends up standing up for her. And he's like, she's a great girl. How dare you do this to her? Mm-hmm. Then they get chased by bad guys again. So they go to the parents' office building where they're having their party. And the she goes up to the construction level. There's always a creepy construction level in these um buildings. And or sorry, the little the little girl. Um yeah. I'm not sure what her name is. Goes into that and she ends up scaling the window on a high rise built. There's no way she'd be blown off tiny little thing scaling a window at that height she'd be 100% blown off there's no way anyway, in chicago so, which is incidentally the windy yes, city the windy anyway. <laughs> she would she would be blown off there's no way and then the bad guy tried to help her as opposed to let her fall off the building cuz you know i love how bad guys just immediately want to kill all kids mm-hmm. get home they all you know it's a mad rush to get home before the parents figure it out and they're trying to hide from the parents who are at the party she leaves the cute guy and they kiss also ruined the end of the movie. It's just always like these eighties movies just always go back to the fact that like, Oh, she's happy now. Cause she has a man mm-hmm. she wanted was a man. Mm-hmm. And I hate that premise. Mm-hmm. I have to say I enjoyed the movie, even though it had a cheesy little moments. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it four toasts. Cause I liked Ooh. it. It had a good story. I like, it's kind of, it reminded me like Home Alone where everything just keeps mm-hmm. going wrong. Mm-hmm. And obviously it all works out in the end. The soundtrack was great. It had all the good, 
good eighties ones. You know, they could have taken the bit out with the college guy that, that could have been mm-hmm. plucked out. And I wouldn't, I probably would have given it five toasts if it didn't have that. So yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Four toasts. Yeah. I give it four toasts. So the question is, would you watch it again? I would. Yes. So what, because mm-hmm. this is, this is technically the last episode, but not really, because we have the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. So I have to give you a Christmas special movie, which I actually watched before I was giving it to you. Okay. So I'm giving you Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan on Netflix. It has the classic, it always has like classic Christmas movies always have a single parent, either Mm -hmm. widowed or badly divorced. They're not in the picture anymore. They need to find Mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. They always have someone who's with a partner who they're not supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. They, that, that's usually, and then they always have this weird Christmas magical element to it. Like it's a completely mm-hmm. normal movie, but there's always a Christmas mm-hmm. supernatural something. Cause it, because if they don't have that in particular, cause you know that I am actually a connoisseur yeah, yeah, I know. of these Christmas movies. Um, they also have the um, too busy for love businesswoman. Yes, correct. Who ends up having to go to rural America for either a family visit where she hasn't seen the family for years because, you know, she thinks she's better than them mm-hmm. or she has to go there for business mm-hmm. um, and she, you know, ends up falling for, you know. The, the uh, high school sweetheart. Or hometown hero yeah. who, you know, yeah, that's why I love them. Now, the one I wanted to give you that I watch every year has now been taken off streaming services. There's probably a good reason for that, but yes, go on. No, it's a great, it's a great movie, right? I'm going to tell you it anyway. It's called The Spirit of Christmas um, and the main guy in it is an, a Canadian actor by the name of Thomas Baudouin. Now. I am of the Lisbonans. Thomas Baudouin can put his boots under my bed any day. Mm-hmm. I will turn straight for him in a heartbeat. I it's, love um, him. Currently six ninety nine at JB Hi-Fi. It's actually five dollars at Sanity. <laughs> oh, he is cute. Hello. Right. Hello, Thomas Baudouin. And you know what the best part about him is? Because I actually follow him on Insta. Don't judge me. Mm. So the, the the one that I have for you is also on Netflix. I actually watched it last Christmas and I loved it because it's got um, Jennifer Coolidge in it. It's called Single All The Way. All right. So we need to get on to Drag Race UK. We do. So we do. We have to talk about previous episode, which uh, we missed out on last time, which was the roast challenge. Mm-hmm. We sort of found out Cheddar Gorgeous's flaw, mm-hmm. which was that she was too intelligent for them to understand what she was joking. I actually found her quite funny. I knew Pixie mm-hmm. would bomb. Knew she would bomb. I said it. I've said it before, mm-hmm. and I will say it until the day I die. As soon as they make bold, sweeping statements like "I've got this," I'm confident. I'm literally waving at the screen saying goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, Pixie and Pepper ended up lip, lip syncing. Mm-hmm. 
wasn't a great song from what I remember. That's what I wrote down. Not a great song. Pixie went home. And honestly, I think they both should have gone home. I think so too. I don't see, I, with the double, the double save the week before, um, I was like, it, it was either going to have to be a double elimination, surely. And then as soon as you saw Black Pepper in the bottom, I'm like, they can't keep doing this. Mm. They can't. And I, I, I'm going to say it right now. If I was pixie polite, I would be absolutely pissed that I got sent home because I can't watch the acrobatics anymore. Mm-mm. Like I, I just can't. Fucking clothing came off again. I know. It was just, it, 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 it just seems that all, all you need is a gimmick and you're going to stay, right? Pixie polite. Phil continued on. That is drag. Yeah. Right? They're jumping around, doing the splits, taking your clothes off, showing your little skinny boy body, all of this. That's not drag. Right? That's one step up from being a pole dancer. Because. And even pole dancing is athletic. When drag stars perform normally and they're lip syncing, then it's strip because that's not what the performance is supposed to be about. So that really irritates me. As soon as they start taking their clothes off, I'm like, nah, you're done. Uh, as expected, Danny Beard killed the roast. Yes. So good. And I'm going to give credit to John Bisblonde. John Bisblonde was funny. I, surprisingly, yes. Right. Surprisingly. But when you you just knew Pixie Polite was going to bite the big one, um, not a lot of people understood Cheddar's um, humor. No. Uh, and even Cheddar said, don't put me last. And they fucking did it anyway. And Black Someone Pepper, has to go last. Exactly. That, and that's the thing. Someone has to go last. Just because, you know, if people got what they wanted, people would be like, well, then just don't be very good and I'll just win every week. Like, you know. Danny's um, beard, Danny, Danny, Danny Beard's confessional was funnier than Pixie Polite's whole bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and Black Pepper had like maybe one or two funny moments with the, it, it just, just laugh. It was more that um, she was bombing and she knew she was bombing. And she knew she was bombing and she yeah. was like, fuck it, let's just do it. Yep. Let's just go with that. Um, but if I was pixie polite, uh, based on the fact that Black Pepper had been in the bottom so much, um, and relied on gimmicks during the lip syncing, um, gee, I would have been pissed if I was her getting eliminated by Black Pepper. Not really because Pixie's lip sync wasn't great. Like it, it wasn't great, but at the end of the day, she fell and she continued on. Yeah. She did it in true drag spirit. And all basically Black Pepper did was tumble around the stage, take some clothes off, and lip sync in time to the music. That oh, hardly. It. They both missed words. Oh, yeah. I both watched stumbling that. I watched with that words. All the time. Yeah. Because um, that annoys me when they don't actually know the song. And they pull that whole Valentina. I'd like to keep it on now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that annoyed me. So that was basically episode nine. And then we got to episode 10, which was the finale. Top four. Top so four. the top four was Black Pepper, John Burr's Blonde, Cheddar Gorgeous, and my girl, Danny Beard. And what they had to do was they had to rewrite lyrics to four RuPaul songs. Mm-hmm. 
But before they did all of that, they had the they had the spill the tea with RuPaul and Michelle Visage. Yes, Danny made me cry. When you find out she was beaten up when she was younger by a kid who put pins on knuckle duster. That's right. Yep. 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 Yeah. I mean, they all had, and everybody. It's very hard to find a gay person who doesn't have. Of course. So then they had to. They had to rewrite lyrics to four RuPaul songs and they had to learn choreo. And the funniest part was when the choreo choreographer turned around and Danny goes like, and you're all good with that. And she was like, in all honesty, um, I didn't do it. I just did it when you turned around. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Cheddar Gorgeous was doing a sexy dolphin dance. Mm-hmm. Black Pepper was always going to nail it and Jomba's uh nailed it as well and then they had the production and it was actually very good it was good and but jamba's blonde and black pepper may has well been the backup dancers slash backup singers like they were never gonna win it no because they do do an overall Mm -hmm. thing so I don't even see the point of them having a top four. It should have just been a top two. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I get it. Whatever. They wanted the hour-long show. Oh, RuPaul, I wrote down wearing the alien from Sesame Street. In the yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah but the funny thing was that I watched it um, because our flight was delayed coming back from Tasmania, right? I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to watch it at the airport. And just as it gets to who they're annou- about to announce as the winner, my flight got called. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to wait to get on the aeroplane to finish it. That lip sync between Cheddar and Danny Beard was pure drag. It was the tightest lip sync that mm-hmm. I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. I was calling for a double win. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have taken anything away from either of the those people if they both won. Yeah. Uh, you know how I feel about stripping, but Cheddar Gorgeous stripped to the song. Yes. The song was Let Me Live, It's My Life. And underneath she had makeup on her legs. Legs. Like I'm an alien. Yep. This is my story. She had every detail yep. To the point she was supposed to strip. This is like, this is a reveal. It's not a strip. I'm taking all my clothes because Mm -hmm. I have no other moves left. That was the tightest and best lip sync I have seen. From both of them. From all 14 seasons of the normal one, Mm -hmm. from all stars, from. Yep. Because we didn't, we haven't seen, we didn't see Danny Beard or Cheddar lip sync this whole season, right? None of them lip sync. They weren't in the bottom. Nope. So if they were to lip sync against someone previously, they would have been fucked because they were going home. Like Cheddar right. Gorgeous and Danny Beard would have just absolutely slaughtered them. If you're an up-and-coming drag queen, look at their lip sync. This is mm-hmm. what you need to aspire to. I wish I could aspire to that. And 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 the thing that really got me in the – I think part of the reason why I got emotional about it was because that song – when you when you listen to them tell their stories and everything, they couldn't have picked a more perfect song for the mm-hmm. two of them to lip sync. It was 
it was almost perfection. Imagine them doing this in an arena and having to think about the song. So like, you know how they like, you know, we all remember the Sasha Velour moment where the pedals come out. So doing like, I just, I would love to see them having a planned performance because mm-hmm. that would be fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. No one stripped if they weren't supposed to. No one did acrobats. No one nope. walked all over the stage like a like looking where they're trying to no. go for shopping. And that's what I was saying. In, I think in a previous episode when I was talking about Jinx Monsoon and Raja, yeah, when they were doing their lip sync, it was just drag. They weren't relying on anything. They're going, "This is me. This is me lip syncing to the song. This is me giving you my performance." Yeah. Right. So that happened with this one as well, but it also what it was was it was both of them showing them who they were, mm-hmm. which they had been doing, mm-hmm. but sometimes obviously artistic expression comes into it as well, but they were just like, it, it was like, I'm going to put it to this, okay, right? Beyonce is a good entertainer. Don't get me wrong, right? And Beyonce can sing. And can do all of that other stuff. And I am not pitting anybody against anybody because I do love Beyonce. Um, and, you know, she can dance and she's got the dances and she does this spectacular and all of that. And I'm, I am sure that her show is great live, right? Mm-hmm. But Adele standing on a stage, bare stage, just singing, same impact. Yeah. Right? Um, however, I have seen Adele live and I rate, and now I've seen my fair share of concerts in my time and I've seen Tom Jones, I've seen Rachel, like I have seen some phenomenal, uh, Adele is up number one because there is something, and this is where I'm bringing it back to the drag thing, there is something about a person or two people in this case standing on a bare stage, no theatrics, no gimmicks, no anything, just standing and going, I'm about to perform for you. Just me. Yeah. It was, you're right, in in all of the franchises, in all of the 14 seasons, all of the all-stars, everything, people may not agree with us, but, you know, and People will go, oh, I've seen such and such at such and such club. We're not talking about that. We're we're not talking about we're talking about on the RuPaul's drag race franchise, all of the all of the franchises and stuff. You're not going to see anything that is more pure drag than this lip sync. Mm-hmm. But you know how you can tell how good a lip sync it was? Because the camera goes to Graham Norton and Alan Carr. Mm. And Alan Carr had the same look on his face that I did, which was the mouth open and the, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm watching this look. It yeah. was a type, it was that look. So then we get to who the winner is going to be. I was on the aeroplane. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were still fueling. Uh, we hadn't left the tarmac or anything like that. I'm sitting there in my bougie business class seat and my wife says, don't tell me who won. I'll watch it when we get home. So I was turned away with the phone so I could see who won. Right. And uh, my wife found out who won really quick when she heard me go like this. 
Yes. <laughs> You're the worst. So, Mogul, Daddy Beard, winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season four, a UK. I still think it should have been a double win. Look, in a perfect world, it would have been a double win, but they chose not to do it that way. I have a feeling that the um, because they found the chink in the armor of Cheddar Gorgeous. Yeah, I was like, really? Like, if that roast challenge was first, I think it'd be a different story. But anyway. Yeah, it would have been probably long forgotten. Mm. But you know what? At least we can both say, I mean, I was team Danny Beard the whole way, mm-hmm. um, but at least we can both say, <laughs> thank God it wasn't John Burz or Black Pepper. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know what? We would have just been sitting here going, fuck this franchise and fuck that and fuck they you. Couldn't and have, they couldn't have it made. It would have been such an uproar. But you know what I wish that they would do for the original franchise? I just want them to bring it back. Like it's gone into this place where if you want to do RuPaul's Drag Race, you got to have the best drag, the best wigs, the best mm-hmm. accessories. And in the first couple seasons, it was all about them making stuff. Yep. So I'm like, I just want them to bring it back to that. Well, what was really funny was while we were driving up to Launceston, attempt two, we were listening to Brenda Call Me. Yeah. And uh, Vanity was saying pretty much the exact same thing. Oh, okay. She was saying, like, it needs to go back to that. You need to see how drag queens do it. It shouldn't be by, you know, who's got the best seamstress, who's got the best this, who's got the best that, you know, who who can pay for the best outfit or anything like that. It needs to be, I have X amount of dollars and I need to perform on Saturday night and I need to be able to do this. It's literally polishing a turd. Yeah. Like I just, you know, I just feel they need to have more design challenges. Show what you can do, like yeah. style-wise. Not, not who designs your stuff. It's just, it's falling into that. You need to be, you know, a millionaire to be able to be a drag queen, like yeah. a good drag queen. Mm. I just think they need to take it back a notch. Yeah. So Danny Beard. The winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK season four. Well done to Danny Beard. Now, I I want to throw something in there. I was thinking about it in the shower today, and mm-hmm. I wanted to put it on. Okay, now I understand that people like to go to the clubs, and and all of that to see the um, the drag queens perform. Mm-hmm. I think um, people who are doing the touring down here. Uh, highly underestimating uh, how popular drag is now because the top four of UK are coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Jinx and Bendela came down. Um, you know, some others come down and they always put them in nightclubs and stuff with standing room. You can only stand to see it. Yeah. I've got no problem paying $100 to go and sell or $150 or however much it's going to cost. Like let's not get realistic, ridiculous. And they need to start putting them in seated venues. And the reason being, as I said, I think they're underestimating, like let's look at the state theater. There's probably like what, three, three and a half thousand seats, Mm. right? You're telling me that three and a half thousand people would not pay money to go and see a drag show. Yeah. Right. I'm finding that where 
I, in particular, I mean, if you want to stand, knock yourself out, but it, me in particular, I stood for 18 years uh, in one job. I stood for five years in another job. I have a bad back. I am not young. I'm nearly 50. Um, I can't be standing for two and a half, three hours watching drag shows. Like they need to start putting them in seated venues. So people like me can go. People who actually have physical conditions can actually go and see their drag queens. And there, are, as I said, it's not just me. There are people who have physical incapabilities that they can't stand for particularly long periods of time. Anyway, we need to wrap this up because I have to get up early for work tomorrow. Yeah, so, you do. Yeah. Do your local drag shows, maybe. Every Wednesday from 7 p.m., Maxi Shield hosts the Big Fact Hunt Trivia Night at the King's Cross Hotel. Uh, Ginger's at the Oxford every Friday from 9 p.m. Maxi Shield and Jackie St. Hyde in the Fanny, Fatty and Skinny Show. Uh, also at Ginger's at the Oxford every Saturday, 9 p.m., the Triple D's with Maxi Shield, Coco Jumbo, and Jackie St. Hyde. Celebrating their Silver Jubilee, we have Vanity and Maxi Shield at the Beresford upstairs on the 4th of December. Tickets are available through ITD events. Uh, they'll also be at Chase's Nightclub in Melbourne on December 2nd and Mary's Poppin on December 3rd. We also have for World Pride, Taronga Zoo are having a drag gala on March 2nd, 2023 with confirmed queens from RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under Seasons 1 and 2, which is uh, Karen from Finance, Kidamine, Spanky Jackson, my girl, Coco Jumbo, Electra so Shock, Panaconda, Molly Poppins, plus Carla from Bankstown, Hollywood Star, and Space Horse. Hit like and subscribe on YouTube. We're still stuck on 24. Can't shift it. It's bullshit. Uh, don't forget to hit us up on Insta at Drag Me Out Official. Uh, send us a message through the DM, send either me or Haley a message separately. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get any ideas from you. If you want to come on and be a guest and talk yourself up a bit, we're more than happy to have you on. Uh, and I would just like to end this by, uh, I want to dedicate this episode to uh, the victims of the Club Q shootings mm -hmm. in Colorado. This is the second uh, kind of mass tragedy that has occurred in the LGBT LGBTQ plus community. Uh, obviously with Pulse Nightclub, with 49 people losing their lives and five people losing their lives at Club Q. Violence in general has to stop. Targeted violence has to stop. And please stop killing people for just trying to be who they are and who they were created to be. Um, and I'm just finding this week in particular, and I don't know why it's this one's just affected me a little bit more. Pulse affected me. Um, any crimes against the LGBTQ community obviously affect me because I am a part of that community. And as are you Haley, and you know, we love you for that. These senseless, violent tragedies need to stop. These people were in a safe space. The people in pulse were in a safe space. We spend time in those safe spaces and just because it happens in the United States doesn't mean that it can't happen somewhere else. And our love and support go out to everybody in the LGBT community in Colorado and their friends and family. And it goes out to the LGBTQ community uh, worldwide and especially in oppressed countries where it is crime to be gay and you can be murdered for that. And it's not a crime to be gay in the United States and you can be murdered for that too, as it turns out.
Sorry to end it on such a shitty note, but we will see you uh, for next week's Christmas episode, hopefully with a special co-host. And we love you all. And we're really sorry. This is going to be a really long episode, but you know, some of it was entertaining and we love you. Bye. Bye.